0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. We're talking about crystals today, and I want to just share how to use crystals in witchcraft specifically because a lot of the information that we have about crystals comes more from like the New Age spirituality community, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it is a little bit different than how a witch might use a crystal or a stone or a rock. So I wanted to share that perspective and I wanted to Um, differentiate the different words like crystal and stone and rock and mineral and how these are different um, and why sometimes they're all kind of lumped together in the word crystal. And I also wanted to talk to you about how you can cleanse and charge your crystals to prepare them for your magical workings and um, different ways to use them for magic. So so that's what we're going to be talking about and let's just get right into it. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Maggie Hazeman. The first thing I wanted to remind you about is that um, when we use crystals and stones in witchcraft, I kind of talked about this in episode seven. Yes, the one about the different steps that I like to go through when creating a spell for myself. So in episode 7, I talked about step 3, which was choosing your materials. And I included things like herbs and crystals, which are tangible materials, and things like color and symbols, which are sort of intangible materials that you can use in your magic. And when you choose these materials you're choosing them based on your intention or your your purpose of the spell, which you choose in step one. And then in step two, you choose your correspondences and your correspondences are the different spirits and energies and entities and deities and concepts, abstract concepts that all live in the spirit realm. So you're using materials to correspond with your um, spirit realm entities. And so crystals are part of that. And that's, we choose these crystals or all of the other things I mentioned, herbs and colors and symbols and things, to represent your purpose, which is sort of abstract, it's like an idea, and your correspondences, which are, um, you know, not material. And then you can anchor them in the physical realm, and that starts the manifestation process because you um, you have your physical things and that, when something exists in the physical, It can, it has to exist in the spiritual, and then it manifests in the physical, and so that's how it works. (laughs) So we choose these crystals and herbs and things to represent our spiritual entities in the physical realm. That's just a reminder from episode 7. You can go listen to that on the podcast, and you can hear more about that, but that's why we want to use crystals, to have this physical representation of our purpose and of different spiritual entities that we want to work with. So I also wanted to talk about these different words that we use, crystals and rocks and stones and minerals, and I tend to use the word crystal to be like an all-encompassing word. I like the word crystal. It sounds pretty and mystical and magical. It's not super accurate to ca- call certain things crystals because a crystal is a very specific um thing which I'll tell you but uh, I just do it for simplicity so that I'm not saying like crystals and rocks and minerals every single time I want to say something and like I said I just like the way crystals sounds better than rocks (laughs) but you can if you want to be more um, accurate or precise with your speech then of course you know use the proper words but yeah crystals is not technically what some of these things that we talk about like um, certain stones like jasper isn't always a crystal Or, and things like that, but I might lump it in with a list of crystals. So, a crystal, by definition, is very organized. So, it has this very specific pattern and structure inside of its, uh, you know, molecular makeup. So, it's made up of these atoms and molecules that repeat in a pattern and there's uh, several different types of crystal structures and they all have different uses so you can kind of look into that crystal structure by going into geology books and things like that and learn how you might be able to apply that crystal to a certain magical working. So we have hexagonal crystals and I'm going to say some of these wrong because I don't. <laughs> I don't, I learn a lot from reading and so I don't necessarily know how to pronounce things properly but hexagonal I know that one hexagonal crystals are good for manifesting so a hexagon that's six sides um and so that's what the crystal looks like and so those are really good for any kind of manifesting drawing things to you there's isometric crystals which are really good for amplifying things so uh projecting your intention further beyond where you as just a human could project it it expands that energy monoclinic crystals monoclinic See, (laughs) those are really good for protection. There are orthohombic, orthor, orthohombic. I might have to write all these out for you so you can read them. Um, But they are great for cleansing and opening yourself up for new things. So cleansing out the space in order to make space for something new. Is the orthorhombic crystals, and then tetragonal tetragonal crystals are for attraction, so uh, bringing things into your life, and conversely, there are triclinic or triclinic crystals, which are for banishing, so tetragonal crystals for attracting, and triclinic crystals for banishing, so I'll make sure to write those out in a separate post, um, because I know that's (laughs) kind of uh, like up here, (laughs) level, higher level of thinking when you're thinking about all of these words that maybe are unfamiliar. So I'll make sure that you have access to that list. But it is kind of interesting to go into like a geology book and look for the shape of the crystal and how it's described. And then you can use that information to decide how you can use that crystal in your magic, which I think is really cool. So then there are minerals. A mineral is is usually different from a crystal. It's a specific chemical component and it is formed underground with the use of heat and liquid and pressure. So it's um, just different. (laughs) And then a rock and a stone, those types of things are two different minerals that are Um, fused together, basically. So if if it's not a pure one or the other, it's called a rock. It's two different things. And so a rock can be a crystal, but it's also on like a matrix of another mineral. And rocks can generally be used in a similar way as crystals can. So you can just look that stuff up as well. And then gemstones are any rock or crystal that has been polished and it could also be cut. So it could be like a tumbled stone is usually more considered a gemstone. And um, if it's cut specifically for use in like jewelry or something like that, like a ring, like a diamond in a ring that's been cut or an emerald in a ring, those are considered gemstones because they've been altered from their natural state and cut to Used for a different purpose. <laughs> and then finally there are things called geodes which are hollow rocks or stones that have crystals growing inside and so when you break them open you reveal the crystals and um, so they're like another form of crystal but it's very specific because it's inside of the hollow rock. So like I said, I use the word crystal as sort of a collective term for all of these, for minerals, for rocks, for stones, for gemstones. I'll just use the word crystal. I like the way it sounds. Um, but I just wanted you to know that, that there are differences, and that it's not very, it's not specific to use the word crystal for all of these things. Um, but yeah, witches use all of these different materials for pur- for all of our magical purposes, so... Um, I just wanted to give you that information. So it doesn't change how you use it. If it's a geode or a crystal, or if it's a gemstone that's been cut or polished, or if it's a rock that's two different minerals fused together, uh, it doesn't change how it's used in witchcraft. You can use them all in similar ways. Uh, obviously they have different purposes that you would use them for, but the way that you, the, the general way, like whether you're putting it around your house or um, in working with it in the bath, It doesn't matter if it's a crystal or a rock, you know, that's all I'm trying to say. I wanted to mention that I have made several lists over the course of running this blog of different ways to use crystals. Again, all-encompassing word. (laughs) Um, For a variety of purposes where I've come up with sort of, you know, top 10 uses, or crystals for protection, or top eight crystals for grounding. And so I've, I've found that I have several of these lists, and I'm going to just consolidate all of those together in one PDF document, and you will be able to access that if you go to my blog, mumblesandthings.com slash blog, blog. And then this is episode 15 on the Talk Witchcraft podcast, so zero 015 so mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 015 so you can find it you just have to you know put in your email address and then you'll get it um and you can access that list it's crystals for love crystals for protection crystals for prosperity crystals for personal power um self-expression spirituality and wisdom and intuition and things like that Uh, lunar magic grounding and think that's all. So there might be some other ones. But if you're in the ship, then you probably have um, seen these already. <laughs> and if you've been following the blog for a while, then you've probably seen some of them. But I just wanted to make it easy for you to have all of them together. So make sure you go to the blog and access these resources. You'll also find the show notes. So you'll find like transcript sort of thing of what I'm talking about today. And you'll be able to see that list of crystal types that I was talking about earlier. So very useful to go to that blog post. Let's go back onto this lesson. Uh, we'll talk about cleansing and charging. Cleansing and is the process of removing energy that isn't helpful or is no longer useful to you for whatever reason. So you can cleanse anything, including crystals, um, but any of your magical tools. And you can use most of these processes that I'm going to share with you for cleansing um, for pretty much anything. Obviously we're talking specifically about crystals. And then charging is when you put your intention back into an object like a crystal. Um, you can also recharge an object if you feel like it's kind of losing its power. You can recharge it with some sort of intention. Uh, and you'll notice that some of these methods that we're going to talk about with cleansing and charging, they're sort of similar. So it really is important to have your intention there as well that you are cleansing versus charging so again cleansing is removing excess energy removing energy that isn't helping you and you're preparing it for that charging process and um, so you can remove any of your prior intentions that you don't need anymore you can remove negative energy and so here's a couple of ways that you can cleanse the first thing i like to do for cleansing is um, putting crystals in the moon and I think of the moon as you know the moon has all these different phases so I think the best time to cleanse a crystal is during the waning phases of the lunar cycle because as the moon is getting smaller it is taking away whatever is in that crystal that you don't want anymore and especially in the waning crescent phase when it's like almost new I think that's really the best time to kind of put your crystals out for cleansing, but you can, if you're wanting to cleanse your crystals with moonlight, again, intention is important. You can, of course, put them out in the waxing gibbous phase and um, and with the intention of cleansing, and that will work too. So um, that brings us to intention, which you can just. Have the intention of cleansing the crystal. You can hold the crystal in your hand, or place it in front of you with your hands maybe over it or around it in some way, and if, and sort of visualize or imagine that the energy in the crystal is leaving it. And that's washed away with just your thoughts. So you think you can see it sort of in your head, this crystal, and maybe you visualize the energy. If it's negative energy, it might be sort of. Um, Uh, foggy or something it might look foggy or muddy or um, full of like swampy muck or something like that and you can visualize that just like washing away and the crystal being clean and, and ready to be charged with something else so that's intention you can also bury a crystal in soil Um, So you can use a potted plant. That's usually good to use like a contained soil so you don't lose the crystals in a larger area like a garden. Um, But if you mark the spot where you bury it, that can work as well. And so the soil, it's just a a good method for cleansing because that's just an earth way to cleanse. So using different elements to cleanse. Um, Storms are a good way to cleanse crystals as well. So you can place them in a container outside, maybe on the ground. Um, it's good for them to be protected of course you don't want to harm your crystals so if there's like an area that maybe will get splashed with rainwater but won't get destroyed (laughs) that's always good Um, and the lightning that hits the ground in various areas will travel through the ground into the container so you don't want your crystals to get hit by lightning but if the, there's lightning hitting around you, then that's kind of how it works. Um, you can also use smoke, so lighting a stick of incense or a bundle of herbs and kind of waft the smoke over the crystal or hold the crystal over the smoke and run it through the smoke. Uh, you don't want to get too close to it because the crystal can be damaged by heat, so obviously don't you know put the crystal directly on the ember. but um, in the smoke is okay, and and you also want to be careful not to burn yourself, of course. <laughs> uh, salt is another way to cleanse crystals. Just bury the crystal in the salt. Similar to the soil, you can just have a bowl of salt. Uh, I wouldn't recommend using the salt for, you know, eating afterward because it's cleansed out this energy that you don't want, and, and the crystal of the salt has actually absorbed it, so you, you don't want to eat that. And then water, you can run water over the crystal, so just either running water over it with the faucet running or um, in a riverbed or something like that or you can have a bowl of water that you place the crystals in. Rice similar to the um, salt burying the crystal in the rice can cleanse it and again don't use the rice for eating just for cleansing. (laughs) And then um, you can use other crystals to, to cleanse crystals so certain crystals like citrine can cleanse other crystals. Selenite as well. So you can just either a geode of a crystal, or if you have a large cathedral crystal where it's like um, carved out, you can place a crystal inside of that, or cluster crystals that are like a flat surface with the crystals on top. And you can place the crystals near them, or if you don't have any of those, you know, a ring of citrine tumbled stones around a crystal, you can be creative there. Um, And those crystals are self cleansing so they'll take away the energy and kind of turn it into something useful or neutral You can also use sound to cleanse crystals So you can use like a bell or a tuning fork and that will help to cleanse it So if you have the vibrations of that of the sound instrument, you can use that to cleanse the crystal and um, just hold the crystal near it as you're playing the instrument. And then a pendulum is the final way that I have here to cleanse a crystal. And if you know what your pendulum indicates for yes, and for no, and for maybe, um, you can just hold the, cri- the pendulum over the crystal and it'll indicate no until it's cleansed. And then it'll change to the way that it indicates yes. And that will mean that it is done cleansing. So you can kind of play around with all of these different methods of cleansing and choose what you like and what works for you. Some crystals can't be cleansed based on some of these that I've listed because like water will damage crystals, salt will damage some crystals, burying them in soil can damage them. So you'll want to make sure that you've looked up um, your specific crystal that you're trying to cleanse and whether or not this will work. So usually, you know, if you're worried about it, then moonlight is safe um, for pretty much everyone. intention, of course, pendulum. So if you want like an (laughs) all-purpose cleansing, those ones probably won't damage a crystal. And when you'd want to cleanse a crystal is when you first bring one home because it's got energy from everywhere else that it's lived before you. And um, I try to think about the new moon every time the new moon comes around just before that. I feel like they're automatically cleansing because of the way that I mean, the moon's energy is around us at all times, so just because I didn't set them out doesn't mean that it's not working. So that's kind of my perception of it with my crystals, and I don't feel like I I have a problem with them. So I feel like they get cleansed as I'm working with the moon, because I'm releasing things during the new moon, and I feel like my crystals are as well, and then um, they grow in energy also towards the full full moon. So that's kind of my perception, that if if you don't put them out, they're still getting that interaction with the moon because the moon is just there. <laughs> and then charging crystals. You can charge or recharge a crystal. So if you feel like a crystal is sort of lost its energy that you've put into it, you can recharge it or you can just charge it for the first time after cleansing. Similarly, there are several different ways to charge crystals. We have the pretty much pretty much the same a little bit of a shorter list, but moonlight you can use for charging crystals for this I think of the waxing phase as the better time for charging because you're setting the intention and as the moon grows, your intention grows with the crystal. So that's my perception of it, but it's the same as with cleansing. If you feel like it's better to charge at the new moon or at the um, waning half moon, then that is perfectly fine as well. And I also see the charging aspect of crystals to be more related to the element that the crystal is associated with. So crystals that are especially good for charging in the moonlight would be crystals that are uh, aligned with the water element, the moon rolls over water. So things like moonstone and amethyst, I feel like really like the moon (laughs) for charging. But if you have more of a sunny stone like um, citrine or carnelian or uh, sunstone, those would maybe benefit more from being put in the sun for charging. You have to be careful with the sun because it can fade the color of certain stones if they're left out too long. So just a few, um, maybe like 30 minutes (laughs) because you don't want to damage your crystals by having them um, fade, having their color fade. And then burying for crystals that are more aligned with the earth element like rhodonite or rose quartz. They're more associated with earth, so you might bury those crystals to charge them. And I, same thing with the cleansing make sure that you mark where you buried them if you bury them outside or have them in a container of soil inside that you won't lose them. <laughs> and then, sound I feel like is really great for air element aligned crystals, so like lapis lazuli or um, sodalite, they might like sound a little bit more. Same thing playing meditation music, playing. Um, chimes and tuning forks and bells and things like that, drums as well, anything that's going to create some sort of vibration and you can hold your crystals near them and that will charge them. Of course your intention will also charge them, similar method, holding the crystal in your hand or putting your hands around it and visualizing it, visualizing your intention flowing into the crystal rather than out of the crystal. Some people will visualize this as like a bright light and that is your intention. But I think it depends on what your intention is. So if you are looking for like the crystal to amplify feelings of joy, then that might be like a yellow color because yellow is often associated with joy. But if you want the crystal to be there for protection, then you might visualize black light because black is often considered a color of protection. So you can kind of play around with that as well by um, visualizing like a color flowing into the crystal or visualizing a different... I don't know, texture, it <laughs> depends on what your uh, visualization feels best as, some people don't see necessarily, it's more like a feeling or a sound, so you might visualize a sound flowing into the crystal, a happy song, or something like that, so play around with that with your intention, and then you can also use other crystals for charging crystals, so you can charge crystals using clear quartz specifically is a really good one, amethyst is another one, citrine and selenite. All of these if you just place the crystal next to that other crystal it will charge it for you. So that's all there is for ch- cleansing and charging and the last thing I wanted to talk about was how you can actually use the crystals. So we've talked about cleansing and charging and so once they're actually ready to be used you charge them with your intention um That's what's important is in that spell process that I talked about in episode seven, you've chosen your purpose and you've chosen correspondences and then you've chosen a crystal. And so at this point, you already know what your purpose is, what you want to charge the crystal with. So you charge it. And then there's lots of different ways that you can actually use the crystal. And that would happen in step 10, which, or sorry, step four, which is, um, Choosing the type of spell. So you can use crystals in all sorts of spells that you would want to perform. One simple way to use crystals is actually to just charge it with your intention and then set them around your home to if you're not actively using them, then their energy can kind of um, alter the environmental energy. So if you want your bedroom to be a place where you get a peaceful, restful night's sleep, then you can charge a crystal with that intention and you're, and place it in your bedroom, maybe near your bed, and it'll change the energy of that room. Um, if you want to make your office more focus-friendly, if you're having a hard time focusing or you're getting distracted, you can charge a crystal with that intention of being of helping you to focus more and helping you to concentrate and not get distracted. Um, One that I like to use for that is green calcite, which is actually on my dining room table because I've been using that as my office lately. (laughs) But um, yeah, green calcite or calcite. I'm not sure how to say that one. Again, I learn a lot of things from reading and not from um, hearing them. so. So that's that. You can charge crystals with a specific intention and then just set them near or in a space that you want that energy to be Amplified. I also like to put guardians on my windowsills where they are kind of like keeping watch for me So I call them guardians, but they're clear quartz clusters clear quartz cr- clusters say that three times fast um, Place them on the windowsill place them on your door frames and have them watching over the house I also like to have what I call watch towers, and those are crystals that I like to put on high points in my home so tops of shelves above um, door frames inside of the house and things like that and i just think of them as watching over things and looking out for things so those are more like protection crystals i guess you can use your crystals in bathtubs for bath rituals the crystal energy will infuse into the water and then as you're soaking you soak up the energy so it kind of just amplifies the crystal energy where you're soaking it up with the water um So you can use crystals that way. And as I said before, you have to be careful with some crystals in water because some can be damaged by water and some can actually leach toxic chemicals into your water and you don't want to be soaking in that because that can really harm you. So I do have a list of toxic um, crystals that you shouldn't use in water or crystals that can be harmed by water, so... I'll make sure to link to that so that you know you can look that up and you won't hurt yourself. (laughs) So that's one way to use a crystal, or another way I guess, to use them in your bath. You can add them to your garden to help your plants grow, to encourage them to grow, to encourage rain, to encourage sun, like anything that you want. I like to use um, blue crystals in the garden if I want there to be more rain, or I'll put out some green crystals if I'm wanting the plants to be abundant um, and have more growth, I'll put yellow for sunshine, so you can kind of incorporate that idea of color as well, and you can put crystals in the potted plants inside your home and kind of encourage the plants to grow and be healthy. Um, And then you can use crystals sort of in a more regular witchy way of putting them in spell jars and in, you know, charm pouches and things like that where you're carrying the crystal around with you maybe mixed in with herbs and things or if it's a spell jar you might be burying it or you might be displaying it somewhere to remind you of your intention depending on the purpose of the spell. Um, You can use them in candle magic as well by placing either making like a grid around the candle or having the crystal touch the candle to charge it or um, adding the The crystal to the wax of the candle as it's melting or if you make your own candles you can put crystals in them so there's all sorts of ways to incorporate them into sort of more regular magic (laughs) Um, you can leave your tools near your crystals so any tools that you use like a cauldron or uh, tarot cards or anything that you use you can leave them with your crystals and the crystals will charge the tools in turn And then um, obviously all of this overlaps as well. Um, You can make, I, I didn't mention, I said crystal grids about around the candle, but you can make crystal grids just as a sort of a intentional design that you create with crystals. And usually it's some sort of repeating pattern. And that you set out and it, and that intention is sort of amplified so it's similar to leaving a crystal out but you have like a combination of crystals and the process of creating it is really meditative as well so that's creating a crystal grid Um, but you can sort of combine these by like I said with the crystal grid around the candle but you can also what's one thing that I like to do each night is create a crystal grid around the tea mug I'm going to use the next day and I choose the crystals based on what I want to feel the next day or what I need to accomplish the next day. Um, And so then as I'm drinking my tea throughout the day, it is charged with the intention of my crystals that I chose the night before. So those those are just some ideas. There's all sorts of ways. (laughs) There's all sorts of things that you can be creative about as well. I'm sure you have ideas. But that is all I have to talk about crystals. We talked about... What did we talk about? We talked about why we use crystals, the step uh, three of the spell writing process, that crystals are materials that can anchor our intention and our correspondences in the physical realm. We talked about the differences between some of these different words that we use, crystals and rocks and minerals, and geodes and stones, um, we talked about how to cleanse crystals, we talked about how to charge crystals, and I gave you some ideas about using crystals, using them in magic. Um, so I just wanted to remind you of the list of crystals that I have, all of the different lists of crystals, you can find that on the blog. Just go to mumblesandthings.com blog 015. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It really helps the podcast grow. It helps other witches find this show. And um, it's really helpful <laughs> for me and makes me, it really excites me every time I see a subscriber. It helps me to be excited about doing this more. Please leave us a five star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mumbles and Things. And join us in the Mumbles and Things Facebook group so that you can chat about this episode with other witchy folks. Go to TalkWitchcraft.com. Wait, don't go yet. Thanks for listening to Talk Witchcraft with me, Maggie. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to check out MumblesAcademy.com. Mumbles Academy is the place to be for intuitive souls at any stage of their witch path. Whether you are a wildling at the very beginning of your witchcraft journey and are looking for a safe learning environment, a creator who is committed to your practice and wants to develop your witchcraft skills even more, or a sage who is full of wisdom already and wants to share what you know with others, Mumbles Academy was designed for you. With monthly masterclasses and live Q&As, an extensive archive of courses and trainings, and a supportive community to help you along the way with encouragement and advice. Mumbles Academy is the perfect place for you to be as you continue on your witch path.